Hey guys, and welcome to the Grow Podcast. We're so happy you're here. I'm Ashley, your host through the monthly grain segment of the podcast brought to you by the Landis Grow Solution Center. Today we have a special edition of the podcast to dive into the 2022 acreage report. I'm joined today by Janet Smith, who, as I teased in our last episode, is a true Landis legend and has been with the formerly West Central Cooperative and Landis for 32 years. Janet works in the Grow Solution Center as the Grow Grain Marketing Advisor Lead and leads a team of grain marketing advisors. Well, welcome, Janet. Thanks, Ashley. Tell us about yourself. So, legend, uh, I don't know, but <laughs> I've been here a long time. So, um, I grew up on a small farm in Blairsburg, so if anybody always says, where's Boondocks, USA? Blairsburg. So... <laughs> If you ever drive north on 35, that's where I'm from. So grew up in a small town, small community. Went to college and said, you know what? I want to go help the farmers. So I thought I was going to work for the government and decided a long time ago that I am not government material. <laughs> I talk too much. Started working in Boone in 1990. So Dave Sturtz gave me an opportunity to learn about co-ops and farming and... Have been here ever since. Been a great trip. Cool. And tell us a little bit about, you know, what do you do in the Grow Solution Center? So what we do every day is we talk to farmers. We talk to farmers about markets, what's going on. We help them with the app. We help them with questions on settlements, questions about contract. How does a contract work? Um, So that's what we do every day. Just talk to farmers. Okay. Perfect. Well, thank you for joining me today, and I'm really excited to like do this quick deep dive into the acreage report uh, with you today. I want to first go ahead and recap the numbers. Um, the intended corn acres to be planted are estimated at 89.5 million versus the 93.4 million acres last year. And the intended soybean acres to be planted are estimated at 91 million acres versus the 87.2 million from last year. This report was released on March 31st. So let's go ahead and digest this, Janet. So first, corn obviously rallied hard after the report was released on both new crop and old crop futures months. Um, And beans started off down after the news broke and ended up even further down. Yep. So... (laughs) the B number came in higher than the highest estimate. So when it came out, everybody was shocked. Like, how did they come up with this number? Oh, yeah. And then corn, on the other hand, corn come in way lower than they even thought. So they took their lowest estimate on corn, and it came in under that. So, you know, corn all of a sudden just was way higher, and beans were way lower. And it's like, how did we get here? Where these numbers come from? Who's changing? Because if you look at the acres, so corn lost 4 million acres. Beans gained 3 million, and the rest went to cotton, a little wheat, and some other things. But the, the trade, it caught everybody off guard. Everybody. Farmers, industry, everybody. Because everybody's like, how did this happen? Yeah. I think it's, um, you know, interesting in the like just place that we're in right now, right? I mean, I think if you would have asked either one of us a month ago, two months ago before this war broke, like this probably would have been my expectation. It was being, you know, bean acres are probably going to be up just because of input costs. But I mean, maybe I'm alone in this, but I thought that this war in Ukraine maybe bought us a few corn acres, Um, you know, just not knowing if they're going to get wheat or corn planted. So uh, definitely interesting here today. Yeah, and everybody was 
initially it was quiet. I mean, the news wires were quiet because they were trying to figure out. It's like, <laughs> we're just, discom- you know, you sit back and you look at those numbers. I mean, so the numbers they got for corn are way less. They're about where they were in 1990. And a lot of the guys you talk to in central Iowa really aren't planting a whole lot less corn. Mm-hmm. They're planting some, but not, you know, 300,000. Yeah, yeah. And especially, I feel like, too, like with the improvement, as you talk about yield improvements and things like that. Why does this report matter, you know, with all the industry news, which, like, we've talked a little bit about this, but you're a farmer, or we're working with farmers, like you and I do every single day. What did they need to really take out of this report and move forward into tomorrow? What the market has to do between today and when the guys go to the field, they have to somehow figure out how to get more corn acres. They have to talk your farmers into, you need to plant a little bit more corn because we don't need that many beans. Because all it's going to do is add to ending stocks. It's going to get volatile. They haven't even traded ending stocks yet. All they're doing is looking at acres. So if they can't get guys to switch, and then you add into the fertilizer component. So how many of these guys that don't have fertilizer on or anhydrous haven't got anything bought with those prices, how many of them are going to switch? Yeah. And then you add into the drought in central Iowa. We are getting some rain, but if you look at the drought, a lot of guys haven't put anything on because if we didn't get rain... They were going to go to beans. They weren't going to plant corn. Mm-hmm. So there's still so much uncertainty. You know, and, and you look at bean prices for fall. They're good. <laughs> corn prices are good too. Oh, yeah. Maybe beans aren't so great today after the drop-off. But there's still a lot of good things in this market. And it matters because it affects ending stocks. Mm-hmm. And if we only plant 89.5 million acres of corn, even on a normal trend line ending stocks are going to be little very very little yeah you know to your point of you know beans are down hard we're obviously recording this you know a handful of hours after the report released on the 31st um i had a lot of my customers call in absolute panic do i sell more new crop beans today and i'd love to hear what your answer was but for me it was like take a breath and look at this thing and see what it does overnight right like that's the worst thing I feel like the farmer can do is just make a really panic decision out of this. Unless, of course, you need to sell some more new crop corn, then do it. Because, you know, you're looking at potentially a 30 cent raise if you got in on the you know first part of the report release. And I think farmers, you're right. Take a breath on the beans. But on corn, you need to be selling something yeah. for new crop because these are still good levels. Still in the top 5% of a trend line on the prices. But... If you don't sell the fact, you know, because it's a fact today. Those were the numbers that were released. Mm -hmm. In two weeks, it's not going to matter because it's old news. Yeah, no doubt. They're going to start trading, you know, other things that are going on. So you still got to make sales on this because what happens if now all of a sudden it's 92 million acres of corn that are planted Mm -hmm. and beans retract? Now you're going, I should have sold. Yeah. So you still got to look at the numbers. And if you're still selling profitable levels, you still got to sell it. You have to. You want to say that again for those in the back? Like, <laughs> I feel like that comes Are out of my mouth. Are you making money? Yeah. <laughs> Are you making money? And secondly, like, if you're not making money today, then, like, you've got some problems, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that would be my advice today. And, and we're going to dive into this. But um, do a cash flow. 
And if you're not, if your banker's not making you do a cash flow, have your wife make you do a cash flow, yeah. <laughs> right? We've got the break even on our app. So all it is is a spreadsheet. You plug in your numbers. You don't have to have every number, mm-hmm. but it helps you with a good starting point. Yeah. Because even today you're still making good money. Yeah. It's not great, but it's good. Yeah. As one of our uh, merchandisers said this morning on a conference call, uh, there's some gravy to be made on those mashed potatoes, (laughs) which I loved. (laughs) Well, and it's like, you know, you don't know what tomorrow brings. No. So what happens tomorrow? What happens if it rains for the next three weeks and now all of a sudden the drought map's changing? Yeah. Well, and, you know, let's go back to earlier this week, right? Like there was you know, some geopolitical news outlets saying that this potential war might end with peace talks and market was down hard. So, I mean, I feel like, you know, the market doesn't need to stay up because of the war, right? And so um, I think when you look at different reports and different, you know, whether it's weather or a report or, you know, a geopolitical issue, like sell if it's above your break even and if you haven't sold at that level yet. I mean, that's always my advice personally. Well, look what's going on in Iowa. You know, you got the bird flu. Yeah. You got things that are going on that affects us daily. 100%. You got dairies that are rationing mm-hmm. their supplies of corn because they can't get trains there. Yeah. So there's your demand side. So now we're through the report. It's a fact. Tomorrow we're not going to trade the report. Yeah. Tomorrow we're going to trade Ukraine, bird flu, what's going on in China. You know, they're talking about another outbreak. Yeah of COVID. So you got that going on. Um, You got farmers in the Delta that are trying to plant, but they can't because it's raining. Mm -hmm. That's what they're going to start looking at. This, they've already ran the numbers. They've already digested. It's over. Yeah. Tomorrow's a new day and we got to start figuring out what the spring's going to be. So going back to, we talked a little bit about this, but did the farmer expect this? You know, did, did he expect corn acres to be down? No. I think they hoped because mm-hmm. they wanted corn to rally a bunch. Yeah. But they didn't want three million extra acres of beans either. They didn't want it to drop that much. Yeah. And, I, and I'm laughing, right, because that's terrible to laugh at but like it's it's what we deal with every single day right it's like i want corn to be higher but i also don't want 3 million extra acres of beans but that doesn't sound fun (laughs) well because when you have high prices you have high input prices yeah yeah and they don't decrease at the same rate by any means no then you add five dollar diesel into it all right so how do we do our job better right like how do we help the farmer manage risk on days like this Specifically, right, I want to talk about this because um, I don't know what, what your call looked like today, but I feel like mine, right, the report comes out and there's always one guy who like calls me a couple minutes before just like make sure he is on the phone with me. Yep. <laughs> we all have that. And then, you know, there's 20 missed calls that you miss right after the report comes out. So obviously you and I can't answer all 20 of those calls. Our growth solution center people can't answer all 20 of those calls. So I want to talk a little bit about offers um, and why they're so important, and especially with this report, right? So the report came out, came out, and corn rallied pretty immediately to about thirty cent rally. Mm-hmm. The only way you were going to get to take advantage of that was one: if you were the guy that was on with me two minutes before the report came out, don't be that guy. Or if you worked the offer, right? And offers are the best thing because when markets are volatile, you're right, Ashley, we get to talk to one person. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe two. Yeah. So and it's, a lot of times when there's reports, it's the first three minutes that it rallies. Yep. It's a quick jump up and then it's, okay, what else is going on? Yeah. So offers are great. And even around, if you don't even look at report days, a lot of the highs we've been having are overnight. Yes. Put them in and let them work overnight because that's when, you know, Europe's up and they're trading what's going on in Europe. And right now that's what's leading this market. Mm -hmm. The report was leading us today, but now that it's over. So highs are going to happen overnight when Europe's up and trading. Or that's when a lot of things are going to change and the market's going to fall out of bed because stuff that's going on over there. It's always good to have an offer in, but a lot of them put offers in. And when it gets close, I'm going to pull it. Yeah, we call those pull till closes, right? Yep. (laughs) And then as soon as that happens, then it always would have gone up and hit that offer. But their sale would have happened, but they should have left it. Yep, should have. Yeah, I just feel like the, the farmer is so emotional right now. Which like, hey, I'm a farm kid. I married a farmer. I get it. But also, like, this is the importance of knowing your break-even again, right? Like, run our break-even calculator. Put your put your data into it. You don't need to show anybody else, right? You need to figure out what that number is and then take all emotion out of it by saying, hey, today the market is here. Am I above or below my cash flow number? Because a lot of farmers will call you today and say, "They, Ashley, what's the market doing? Is it up or down? <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's up or down. What is that price? And am I profitable at that level? Yeah, for your operation. Because when I tell you it's down, oh, yeah, I should have sold yesterday. <laughs> oh, well, it's up. Oh, I sold yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And it gets emotional. And it has been emotional. The last two years have been more emotional than it's been in 15. So much stuff that's out of our control. Mm-hmm. We can't change what's going on overseas. We can't change what's going on with COVID. We can't change what's going on with inflation. We can't change what's going on with bird flu. We can't change what's going on with diesel. That stuff's out of our control. Mm -hmm. So the stuff we can change is if I am good with a price and I'm making money, I need to sell. Yeah. And sell a bunch of little ones. We don't care if you put an offer contract in every five cents. Sell a hundred bushel every five cents. We don't care. Yeah. Because we still got some good new crop levels. And the market doesn't care if you're making money or I'm making money. They don't care. It's very disappointing to to have you say that. I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, because that's what... So our job is to help them with risk. Oh, yeah. We are truly risk managers. Yep, that's what we are every day. And it's sometimes counselors because... (laughs) Yeah, very much so. A lot of times it's like... Before you pull that offer, let's think, why did we put that offer in? The first place. Like, what was your thought back then? You know, I, I hear that. I do that I do that mental equation with farmers a lot, too. And right there, really frustrated, as you mentioned, with a cash sale maybe they made four weeks ago. And it's like, let's just go back. Was that above your profitable level? Does that still cash flow today? Okay, that's a, still a good sale. There's no reason to get emotional about that decision. All right, Janet. So... As we mentioned earlier, you and I work with farmers every single day, and we're risk managers. And so let's say you're a customer that maybe hasn't made any new crop sales. So if you look at the chart today, which looks 35 cents better than yesterday, 
What I always show farmers is just look at this chart. Your job as a farmer is to always try to sell in the top 10% of the market. So if you look at the last seven years, by even making a sale today or yesterday, you're still in that top five to 10% of the market. Mm -hmm. These are good sales, whether it's a cash sale or a new crop sale, you gotta start looking because there's that premium that's built in there. Because yeah. once you plant it, and if they know now you're not planting 89.5 million acres and you're at 91, that whole balance sheet changes. Mm -hmm. And now corn's not worth as much. And what happens, so the demand side, so bird flu, you know, if that gets growing in Iowa, that's the demand side. Well, now you're losing the demand side. Mm -hmm. Our job is just to make sure, you know, you got to look at the big picture, but still look at you and what's making you money. Mm -hmm. And if you're making money, make a sale, a small sale. It doesn't need to be a big sale, but you got to start. So where would, I mean, you're giving, you're giving advice to farmers. What's your recommendation? You know, are you giving a, hey, I want you to be nearly 40% sold? Or, you know, what's your thoughts on that, I guess? So everybody's different because oh, yeah. everybody's different with risk. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> and I tell everybody, you can sell up to your insured level. Nobody ever does. Mm -hmm. But that, that's why you have insurance is to protect you. Mm -hmm. So sell up to your insured level. But you got to start. Start little. Start making sales. I don't care if you call me every Wednesday at 2 o'clock and sell a 1,000 bushels. Yeah, the same quantity. Yep. But don't ask me if the markets are up or down because then you get, you know. You can throw your emotion into it. Yep. Just be willing to commit to that. Yep. And that's why offers are good. you got to make sales. You do. I do feel like uh, it feels like most of my farmers are probably somewhere between 30 to 50% sold today. Um, and then I just want to spend a couple seconds. I mean, let's talk about DEEZ 2023 for a second, because I feel like that's really been talked about lately in a lot of my conversations, right? So, um, you guys on the podcast listeners here heard from John King and Matt Brown talking about fertilizer inputs. Um, we don't know, as you heard them say, what those costs are going to be for like a fall applied anhydrous, right? Um, so how the heck does the grower even determine when to make a DEEZ 2023 sale? If you think that that's a good corn sale or bean sale, you still have to make that sale. Yeah. Because fertilizer and chemical, they don't care. <laughs> Definitely. They don't run, oh, corn and beans are going up. Oh, I'm going to go up. It's not a correlation. It's two separate things that run independently of one another. So mm -hmm. if it's still a good sale, you got to make the good sale. But we have bonus premiums. You know, you can sell the cash, buy a call. There's things you can do that yeah. we can help you with that. But you can't not make a sale because you don't know what fertilizer is going to be. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I really appreciate that because I, I feel like a lot of farmers have been asking and, and they want to know what each other are doing right. So like, you know, I hope that by me saying most of my farmers are somewhere between 30 and 50 that all of a sudden the guy that's sold at 10 doesn't go, oh my God, what am I doing, right? But I think it is good to know what your neighbor is probably doing, especially in this situation. Um, so I appreciate that. Well, Janet, anything else? I mean, you feel like we need to talk about here. Just use your offer contracts. Make a good sale. Yeah. All right, Janet. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I really know our farmers love to hear from you and all of your experience in the industry, um, especially in the grain markets. Um, you taught me very well. Thanks for listening in to the Grow Podcast and join us for our next episode on April 11th.
Hello, I'm Molly Toot, and I lead the grow business here at Landis. The Grow Solutions Center is a virtual hub of experts in agronomy, data, grain, and more to provide solutions to farmers' questions and respond quickly and with agility. In support of the Landis field staff, the Grow Solutions Center offers another connection point within Landis. Whether your question is about grain, marketing, agronomy, carbon programs, your Landis account, or any other topic, the Grow Solutions Center team is available to work with you. The hours for the Grow Solutions Center are 7.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. Take a minute and write this number down, 515-800-GROW. Again, that is 515-800-4769. Or you can email us at growsc at landis.ag. Also, be sure to ask about the Landis Grow Rewards Program and how you and a guest can qualify for an all-expense-paid trip to Margaritaville in sunny Hollywood, Florida, December 12th through 15th. Not only is this a great destination, we'll make sure you get value from a robust educational program that leaves plenty of time for networking and fun in the sun. Don't wait. Contact the Grow Solutions Center today to find out how far you are from qualifying for the trip. Again, the number is simple, 515-800-GROW.